You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. D-Mendy, Baby Huey, we're back in the house tonight with another episode here of the call-up. One of the top prospect shows that you can find right now on YouTube. And, of course, we are always in your podcast feed. Baby Huey, a.k.a. Michael Richards, how are we doing, man? Doing good. Uh, happy to be back for another week. Uh, getting used to doing this more often. And... Uh, we're excited. We got some. We got some really nice guests here today and coming forward. So uh, keep keep following us each week. We're going to keep bringing you some great stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you couldn't already tell how much better behind the mic, Mister Michael Richards is getting. He's teasing the current guests. He's teasing future guests. He's a pro, and he did a great <laughs> job because if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the gentleman we have on the screen here, a man that I have to say his accolades very impressive. This man is a part of the minor league team over at BaseballHQ.com for the last decade. One of his duties is writing an annual next year's Top Prospects column, and the 2022 edition went live for subscribers today. That is June 14th, so as soon as you're listening to this, you can check it out right now. His personal site is MILBanalysis.com, where he does deep dives into any prospect that catches his eye. He's also the author of the book, Visual Guide to Minor Leaguers, Using Graphics to Find Prospects. And you can find this man on Twitter at Nick Richards HQ. I told you guys his accolades are incredible. Now the man himself, Nick Richards, is in the house. How's it going, man? Hey, good to be with you guys. I appreciate the intro. It's uh, it's fun to be here. Let's talk some prospects. A couple of guys named Richards. What's up with that? So, you know, we're going to have we're going to have the Richards bros really go at it today. I love it. The Richard, you said it before we kind of hopped on air here. The Richards Bros, uh, Richard Squared. There's it's tons of great funds we can make here tonight. Uh, but we brought you on here, of course, because you are one of the top prospect minds in the game. And our goal here each week is to not just hear from Michael and myself, but to hear from some of the best all across the interweb here. And we, of course, as you guys know, do that every single week, starting with our players of the week. And that's what we do is we look at players over the past week that have caught our eye, both from the hitting and pitching side. And kicking things off here is Spencer Steer, a third baseman slash second baseman in the Minnesota Twins organization. Over his last 10 days in AAA, his numbers have been absolutely staggering uh, just across the board here. So please, why don't you go ahead uh, and Nick, tell us a little bit about Mr. Steer here. Yeah, Mr. Steer, uh, someone that I really hadn't focused on until this year, but he really grabbed my attention because I really like guys who have good back control, and he has really shown that in his career. Year after year, level after level, the guy doesn't strike out more than about 15% of the time, one exception being his first taste of AA last year where he went up to 26%, which isn't awful, but for him, it's terrible. This year, he repeats 
double A, 15%, like a metronome. The guy falls out of bed. He strikes out 15% of the time. He also draws walks. He's drawing walks at a 9, 10% rate. He has great power. So he's getting on base. He's got tremendous power. His ISO in double A was 284, which is ridiculous. So he goes to triple A and now it's up to 412, which is astronomical. And as you noted in the graphic, in his last five games, the guys hit six home runs, including a three home run game. So he's doing it at triple A. He's doing it with bat control and with power, second base, third base, shortstop. He plays all of those. He's at triple A already. I think we're going to see him sooner, not later. Ooh, so is that a tease that you think the Twins potentially could call him up this year if they are kind of running out of bodies with all the injuries they have? I think he's going to be up later this year regardless because he's showing that he belongs. He's really hitting well, and he can play various positions. So even if it's just to get a taste, I think we'll see him this year. And from next year, I think he's part of the conversation. I love it. And Twins are my favorite team. So hearing that there could be even more great help on the way is definitely music to my ears. Mike, a player that you're no stranger to, I'm going to start calling him Mr. Michael Richards here. Asteri Ruiz, outfielder in the San Diego Padres organization, is a regular on this show. And over his last 10 days, he's continued to be hot at the plate. Yeah, I actually struggled more than ever this week to find a hitting prospect to to highlight, and it's because we talked about Estuary Ruiz a couple times the last two weeks, actually. And it, in, when I kept doing all my filters that I do to look for hitters, you know, with stolen bases and showing some power, low strikeout rates, it was him and Corbin Carroll again this week. It's Corbin Carroll's number one overall. Everyone kind of knows, you know, about him still. I just decided to go with Estuary Ruiz again. He's actually improved since he's moved up to AAA. I mean, it's only 30 late appearances, but he's hit three home runs with four steals. He's only struck out, you know, 20% of the time, 13% walk rate, just a 242 WRC plus. Uh, basically, this is everything that I want to see from a player breaking out. Uh, and it's just a it's just a bonus that you're getting this elite speed on top of it. Uh, he's been added in his own percentage has probably doubled in the last two weeks, but this is still a player I, I think we should uh, be targeting aggressively in, in dynasty and redraft. Well, not necessarily redraft, but dynasty leagues. Yeah. Another great player for the San Diego Padres and he can, if I'm not mistaken, he has played multiple outfield positions, hasn't he? So he could potentially slot into different spots if the Padres needed to, to call him up. Right. I believe so. I haven't, I, that's one thing I didn't look at. I noticed he only played outfield this year and he, but he was playing second base, but I didn't look at the individual different outfield spots. Yeah, so the multi-position could definitely uh, help him. The multi-position eligibility, obviously for fantasy, would be great, but just also for the Padres to be able to, um, if, if he continues to rake like he is, he's going to be knocking on the door to make a big impact on the big leagues here. A player that I want to highlight, another I talked about another Astro last week, but Emmanuel Valdez, who plays second base and third base for the Astros. These are as of Wednesday morning, his season stats, but a 356, 456, 665 line so far in the minors. 13 home runs, 48 RBIs, 44 runs, and four steals. He was just recently promoted to AAA recently. 11 homers through 44 games he had at Corpus Christi this season. And then he goes and um, hits two home runs. So 
He also, at the time of his assignment to Sugarland, he led the Texas League with a 357 average and tied for first with a uh, 12, 12 OPS. And just, again, just absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Already in AAA right now, a 350 average after in AA, a 357 average. His strikeout rate is a little bit high for him right now at 28.6% and only a 4.8% walk rate. But if you look in his last few years in Double uh, A, excuse me, double-digit walk rate and the K rates were very manageable. This is somebody, he's 5'9". I do think he's kind of a, I've heard people compare him to Jose Miranda as far as that he doesn't really have a firm position, but he's someone who has a good bat that they could just move around to, to get his bat in the lineup and somebody that could help the Astros out at some point, maybe at the end of this year, if he continues to rake. Uh, that's what I would expect. But Manuel Valdez is somebody that I think you got to keep on your radar, especially with a lineup like the Houston Astros. So you like to see a three, four, five batting line from a batter. When you see a three, four, six, you really take notice. That's really <laughs> impressive. Yeah, he's absolutely killing it right now. Another just what the Astros need another great hitter on the, in their lineup. Exactly. Absolutely just doing great things on the pitching side. If you've been watching the show, you've seen his name pop up before. And if it pops up twice, you really got to take notice. And Ken Waldachuk in the New York Yankees organization right now, a lefty at that doing great things with the, and the Yankees, I think have been as much as any team really trying to work with new age type of pitching, uh, pitching grips and different types of pitches with their minor leaguers and their starters to great success this year. So I'm very intrigued in him. And why, Nick, should we continue making sure we're investing heavily into making sure we uh, we keep our eyes on this gentleman? Now, you're right about the Yankees. They've got this pitching factory going where they're just producing arm after arm. He's a guy, he's got a four-pitch mix. So this is a guy who's going to be a starter. He's got a plus fastball. It only goes to 94, but he's a lefty, and that works. And some great lefties have pitched in Yankee Stadium and done really well. And the guy gets strikeouts. He just strikes out a, th a third of the guys that he faced in in Double A. He goes up to Triple A. He's again doing it. Um, I noticed him especially this week. He had a game against the Syracuse Mets, six inning game, struck out eleven, walked only one, allowed a couple of hits. That's a dominant effort. The only knock with him has been his walk rate. It's uh, elevated, like a 10-11% rate. Uh, his strikeouts are enough to keep the whip low. He just erases them. But he's really coming into his own now. And now he's doing it at AAA. So, uh, you know, bringing him to the Yankees lineup is not easy. Um, they always have a lot of arms there. But uh, I think we're going to see him, if not late this year, then definitely next year because he's already doing it in AAA and he's showing he belongs. Do you think if he comes up this year would be to be kind of like a middle reliever bulk arm rather than a, a regular yeah. starter? In all likelihood, unless uh, more injuries hit the Yankees than they have already. They've been really lucky so far. They've had a you know a great stretch, so there's no need. They're, they've got other guys. They've got J.P. Sears. He's already pitched once. He could get the call first. So, yeah, if I think if he were to come up this year, it is probably to start out in the bullpen, and especially until he gets the walks under control. But when he does, when he gets that figured out, he's going to be a great arm. And the man's got a Yankees cap on, so he knows these Yankee <laughs> guys. Are you a Yankees fan, Nick? I am lifelong. Dad was before me, so I come by it honestly, folks. Um, I'm not a, a guy who just jumps on the bandwagon. Um, 
I realize this year I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about a really great team, but I like what the Yankees do with the pitching. Um, they always have, you know, some middle reliever somewhere down on, you know, high A who's throwing a hundred or something, you know, it's just incredible what they do. But someone like this, that gets my attention when they've got the four pitch mix, they can do it at the upper levels, a lefty. I, I like that. Make sure you keep an eye on Ken W because he is again doing big things there. And, and when you get a team, a person that's a fan of that team, touting them the way that Nick is, somebody that's watching them might even more than the casual person is. So definitely make sure you guys hear that name and uh, just keep that in the back of your mind there. Mike, why don't you talk about Owen White, right-handed pitcher in the Texas Rangers organization? Yeah, so Owen White is someone who kind of came on my radar last season in the AFL. He was arguably the best pitcher there, and that was coming off of a injury-shortened season. So I was pretty high on him coming into the year. He's got four pitches as well, possibly even five, uh, but he's got at least – they're all at least average, above average, or plus. But Andy has plus command. So this is definitely a starting pitcher. He's not someone who's going to blow you away with like a 100-mile-an-hour fastball type guy, but he's, he's, he's a very good pitcher. Like he just knows how to pitch, and he'll just throw anything he has to to get the job done, whatever pitch is working that day against that particular lineup. So I think he's going to have a long career, at least as like a mid-rotation type guy, a bulk bulk innings guy who doesn't kill you. Um, and this is a former a guy who was like a second round pick when he was drafted. And the reason he slipped to the second round was because he had Tommy John surgery, which you could say is a red flag, but he's also gotten that out of the way early. So assuming he stays healthy, I think the Rangers push their guys pretty aggressively. And Owen White's definitely a name to keep on your radar as he moves up to the upper levels. And, his, and one other thing I should mention is his XFIP is actually almost a full run lower than his ERA this year. So uh, his, his, he's actually pitched better than his stats look. Yeah, yeah. he's pitched really well. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, he's pitched really well. I like him a lot, too. Uh, he's got the pitches. He knows what he's doing out there. He's got, like, number three starter upside. I think he's going to be a good one for him. And like you said, Mike, too, depending on – you can look at the organization and the Rangers need pitching – and obviously having signed some big name hitters to some long contracts, they need their pitching staff to be able to uh, carry their load. And he's somebody with a team like that. Also the angels come to mind teams that, Hey, if we see talent and they're rising up through the ranks, they're not shy about bumping them up to the big leagues. Another organization that when they talk about pitching, I'm listening, that's the Cleveland guardians who right now they have a guy in Gavin Williams who is just, to me, kind of a little bit under the radar, but this is a guy that stands well over six feet tall, can touch 100 with his fastball, and actually was just recently promoted. I should say, uh, yeah, recently promoted to A. Season stats, a 1-4-2 ERA, 50.2 innings pitch, 72 strikeouts, and a .85 whip. Uh, he's just somebody I, I've been very enamored with. And I think, again, when you look at the fact a Cleveland Guardians pitcher and somebody that actually on their top prospect list, at least for MLB.com, I think they have him somewhere. He's number six. He's the second pitcher behind Daniel Espino. So, again, he obviously has the prospect pedigree right now. But the tools that he has, especially the fact that he's really worked on his slider as a pitch that could become something uh, useful for him in the big leagues, 
I think that powerful fastball, the, the big frame that he has to make that 97, 98 look even faster with his extension to the mound. Um, and again, I know I already said it, but just the fact that he pitches in the Cleveland Guardians organization where they just churn out good pitcher after good pitcher. He's somebody that he's in, I think, low enough ball right now where unless you're around a bunch of people that know prospects really well, they're not going to know who he is. So this is a good chance to get a jump on him early. And I can tell you, I liked Owen White, but I like Gavin Williams even more. I think he has the potential to be like a number two starter eventually. He's got two plus pitches already, and that's a good thing to build on. So, yeah, good choice. Yeah, Great. I think. Go, Mike. No, I was just saying I agree. I, I like him even more than Owen White. He's a he's already a top 100 prospect, arguably a top 10 pitching prospect for me right now. Yeah, I, he's again. A lot of these guys here, uh, some of them range between you might see them on some prospect list, others you not. But again, keep these guys' names in your head because they're prop on the show for a reason. And you guys can uh, make sure you're ahead of your league mates here if you're in dynasty leagues or uh, just again if you just enjoy watching great players pitch or hit. These guys are all doing great jobs here. Let's one, go to some. I'm sorry. I was just going to say one of the things I talk about in my book is. You can't wait for some of the top lists to catch on to these guys. By the mm -hmm. time you do, everybody in your league knows about them. I'd show you how you can find these guys using the skills that you want to look for. And yeah, if you haven't gotten Gavin Williams by now, grab him. <laughs> All right, let's check out some notable promotions. So players that rose up the ranks over the last uh, week here. Gabriel Moreno. One of the top 10 prospects in baseball was called up by the Toronto Blue Jays and should get extended playing time now with Danny Jansen out on the IL for an extended period of time here. Ezekiel Duran with the Texas Rangers, a guy that can swipe some bags, obviously um, a, a nice fast player, a quick player, somebody who can you know uh, hit some home runs for you. Not necessarily a big power hitter, but somebody that should be able to help you in any Roto League you're in. And then Khalil Lee with the New York Mets also on this list. Some players that I... Did not get on the slide, but also bringing up here, Gunnar Henderson went from double-A AA to triple-A for the Baltimore Orioles. He's one of their top prospects. And Jacob Amaya, shortstop for the Los Angeles Angels, also went from double-A to triple-A. Nick, out of those five names, is there one in particular that you wanted to highlight? Well, I like Gabriel Moreno the most, but I'll mention <laughs> Amaya. It's interesting. Um, last year, he he's not the biggest prospect. But last year, he suddenly hit double-digit home runs, but then he seemed to sell out for the power. And so his BA, his on-base percentage, just plummeted. This year, he repeats double-A, and the power goes way up still. But now he walked more than he struck out. That's what you want to see. He's mm -hmm. making those adjustments. He's got the power still. He's turning into a decent prospect. Would you say a walk-to-strikeout ratio is the biggest thing you might look for for a hitter in terms of their development to potentially be called up for the big leagues? Yes, that's the number one thing I look for. You have to have power as well. Otherwise, the mid big league pitchers won't respect you at all. But if you have at least some power, then you look for the batting eye. They can see balls. They can see walk balls and strikes. They can draw walks. They can get on base. If you can do that, you can survive in the big leagues. All right, love it. Let's then let's go now to our prospect watch. And these are players, maybe they didn't do something over the past week, but they're players in the prospect systems that we think deserve some attention. And let's kick things off here with Andrew Abbott, a left-handed pitcher 
in the Cincinnati Reds organization. And the Reds just have pitcher after, I mean, you have Hunter Green, you have Nick Lodolo, obviously Andrew Abbott here. There's a lot of young pitching coming up through the pipeline here. Can you tell us a little bit about Andrew Abbott, Nick? Sure. And a tip for the listeners, the way you can find pitching prospects is look for guys who were drafted the year before, but not in the first round because everyone heard of them. Find the guys in the second, third, fifth, tenth, doesn't matter. The next year, they start in high A and they dominate. Now they're showing that they have taken to the pro game, to the training, to the coaching, and that's exactly what Andrew Abbott did. He did good last year, but it was against rookie ball hitters. So, of course, a college pitcher is going to do well against them. This year, he starts off in, in high A and just obliterates them. So he gets bumped to double A, and he's still striking out almost a third of the batters he's facing at double A. And so now we're getting our attention. It's like, okay, he's reaching the higher levels, and he's still doing well. Walks a few too many, but overall, he looks like he's going to be a pretty good prospect. Yeah, uh, again, a lefty, somebody that's, if you can look on, on YouTube on the screen, just his numbers right now, 58 innings this season, a 202 ERA, a 102 whip. Strikeout, or the K rate is good at 34.8%. He just looks really good right now, and I love that tip you said, Nick, too, on being able to scout some young pitching early, especially on, if you're in any dynasty league like we talk about on this show as well, to be able to get on these guys early. And, uh, yeah, it looks very much like a, a good young player for the Reds here. Nick, well, I just talked to Nick. Michael, I just, oh, Richard's confused what's going to happen at one point this episode here. <laughs> Uh, Carlos Jorge, another player in the Reds organization here, second base shortstop eligible. And I did not realize because the next guy was also a Reds player. So we all picked three Reds players for this section, which is wild. Tell us a little bit about Carlos Jorge. All right. So since uh, those who've been listening to the show, you know, like I like to highlight, you know, like a deeper dynasty guy that's showing like, you know, the skills I look for. And with the Dominican Summer League and Complex League starting up last week, uh, Carlos George is is probably the biggest standout. You can see it's only 23 plate appearances, but I also put his 2021 numbers down there, and he was one of the best players in the Dominican Summer League last year with a 174 WRC+, plus, 27 stolen bases. This is a guy with a, a really good hit tool plus speed, and I'm seeing early signs, very early signs of developing some sort of power. He's not, he's not a big guy, but this is like a fast twitch type of guy, uh, like strong athletic and he's someone that i see once he starts showing signs of that power coming and 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 we see him up in like low a uh i think he's going to become like a, a pretty high profile prospect on the road as far as like the reds go like jay allen's another big name they have but like he's one of the young guys in their organization that could be their number one prospect you know in two or three years Another, a lot of great prospects here. I hadn't even, I wasn't familiar with Carlos George, but I called him Carlos Jorge. But um, yes, yeah, somebody, another exciting player here. I'm curious then your thoughts, Michael, on the guy I picked and Ellie De La Cruz, who is also similar position playing in the middle infield for the Cincinnati Reds, a 291, 332, 903 slash line, 11 homers, 37 RBIs, 15 steals, 36 runs. Just an absolute electric player. And somebody that, you know, you look at his numbers, the K rate's obviously a little bit high, striking out over 30% of the time each of the last two seasons so far. Walk rates are not what you would like to see. But the electricity that he has, 
you know, again, like the, the steel upside he brings, he has some power with the 11 home runs so far in 49 games this season. Is it crazy to say this is kind of like a, I don't want to throw a comp around if it doesn't make sense, but like almost kind of like a jazz chisholm, like a young jazz chisholm with just the electricity he could have on the base path, some power, but just the K rate being a little bit high. Is that something you guys could see for him as a future outcome? Yeah, different type of player. He's obviously a big guy. It's like, but yeah, I see everything you're saying is there. Like the the electricity, the 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 plus power, double plus speed type of stuff. Like like really big fantasy tools. And like you said, it's it's going to come down to the hit tool. Uh, I almost see him like as like a Jazz Chisholm slash O'Neill Cruz type player. Mm-hmm. Um, O'Neill Cruz is probably the more fair comparison, but uh, if but O'Neill Cruz is lowered his strikeout rate. That's what he would become if he could get his strikeout rate down to like 25%. He'd be a top 10 prospect with huge power and, and speed. Yeah, power yeah. and speed like his is, is is pretty something that you always like to see. And I'm sorry, Nick, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that that's what you want. If you want to see power and speed, as long as the batting average won't drag you down too much, he's hitting almost 300, that will fluctuate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but power and speed from an infielder, take it. Yeah, and obviously the batting average right now that could change a little bit. He's he has had an historically high BABIP so far in the minor leagues, three eighty, and then in twenty twenty one a five thirty one, three seventy two once he went to the next level, and then this year a three ninety three. So I think the speed definitely helps that BABIP, kind of like how Tim Anderson's BABIP is always high, but the speed helps with that as well here. I should Let's actually go- mention too, real quick. Uh, he's yeah. he hasn't played second base this season. He's been playing shortstop and third base. Good, good catch think, there, because yeah. I, I forgot where I saw that they said they listed him at second base. I think um, I think fan fan tracks has him listed at second base, possibly. Okay, yeah, so that's a good call, and always, yeah, keep it in mind. A lot of these guys we have on Michael always, of course, they're plugged into where these guys are playing, so that could mean you know they'll shift around the diamond or entrench at new holes in, in the lineup or in, in the infield there. So, a uh, good call out there. Our last segment who's next players that are on the verge of the call and Vinny Pasquantino if you guys haven't seen the Twitter account has Vinny P been called up yet uh I don't want that account to end so I kind of have that's the only reason I'm glad he's not called up yet but again destroying uh pitching in AAA I'm still confused at this point uh why he's not called up uh, for a team that could very much use his bat Nick yeah I mean their first baseman is doing so well this year. I mean, you can understand. No, you can't understand why he's still in AAA. He's destroying AAA. And to be fair to Vinny, he, he destroys everything, right? Every level he goes to, he does not strike out. It's amazing. He walks as much as he strikes out. It doesn't matter what level you put him in. That's what he does. And he has the power, too. And the problem with these uh, power-hitting first baseman is if you get a guy who uh, doesn't have a good batting eye, and so you get these really low batting averages, well, you reluctantly take the 20 or 30 home runs. But isn't it nicer if you have a guy who gets on base as well as has power? And so that's what he's done. And it didn't matter that he got to AAA. He's still doing it. Um, there's really no excuse at this point. And so I keep waiting for this show to start thinking, oh, am I going to miss out because he's going to get called up. I expect him any day. If he's still available, grab him. He's going to be, look, any 
player comes up for the first time, there's always potential for struggle, but this is the kind of bat that could succeed right away. Yeah, he's somebody that, again, uh, I think everybody's kind of anxiously waiting for when it's going to happen. doesn't help that Carlos Santana has picked it up at the plate recently, but um, yeah, somebody that should be a, a great player for fantasy, a great player for Kansas City when he does get the call here. And a player that this next guy, the last guy we'll talk about here, somebody that we've talked about all season, somebody that I think we were surprised he didn't make it right away out of spring training. And I heard somebody mention, I forget where I heard it, but they said that they think he's going to be called up in a few days, this next player, O'Neill Cruz, because they think that he's accrued enough service time to maintain it, I think, Super 2 status. So that I think that runs out in three days. So yeah. uh, this is – part of me thinks this next player, O'Neill Cruz, will be called up by our next show here, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually think uh, – shout out, it was – I think it was our former guest, Brendan Tuma, that had posted – I think I saw that on Twitter that he posted about, uh, but yeah, that's what, that's what the pirates have to be doing here. Uh, he's, as you can see the last 30 days, I mean, he started off slow. There was questions about what was going on there. Personally, I think it was mental, just the disappointment. He thought he was going to make the team just getting sent down. He just wasn't into it, but he's doing everything that you want to see him do at this point for the last month, lowered the strikeout rate down to 20%. He's taken walks, the power's there, the speed's there. Uh, and he's a guy that hits the ball extremely hard. Everyone knows that. Like, but like this is like this guy could be one of the top exit velocity guys in the league from from a middle infield position. So if he doesn't kill you in batting average and, and he gets going, this this is the kind of guy that you could plug in and could be a difference maker for you down the stretch. If because the, once the Pirates do call him up, he should be in the middle of the lineup playing every day, and just his position and his power speed combined. Uh, I, you know, he's, he's mostly rostered in all leagues at this point, but if somehow he's out there, I'd, I'd even stash him in like a, a shallower re redraft league right now. Yeah. A 12 team league. I would definitely take the chance on him. And uh, again, he's some, after a very abysmal first month, people talking about maybe he was just in his head being demoted after a great spring training. He's really turned it around. And so uh, as you can see on the graphic over the last 30 days, so somebody again, if he's out there, especially with the fact he could get called up in the next week. Try to beat your league mates to him and go pick him up now anywhere you can. On that note, guys, that's going to wrap up another episode of The Call-Up Week 9. Nick, man, thanks so much for coming on the show. Please, please plug all the great work you do one more time and where people can find you. Yeah, uh, baseballhq.com. Uh, for subscribers, I'm part of the minor league team. Um, I also have my own site, milbanalysis.com where I can write about anybody I want to. And I take requests from uh, from uh, readers. If so, if you follow me on Twitter at Nick Richards HQ, N-I-C-K Richards HQ, I will analyze any player you ask me to do. So just go ahead. And thanks for having me on. It's always great to, to be with you again, Michael. I've been on podcasts with you before. I'm always glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, very much enjoyed having you on here. And again, if you guys are not following him already at Nick, Rich Nick Richards HQ, you got to change that. Go follow the man and go check out all the great work that he does. And make sure you also follow Baby Huey at his handle at MP Richards 1981 because he's always putting out tons and tons of great prospect work as well. And if you guys enjoy the show, please make sure you're watching on YouTube. You guys like the video. 
Make sure you're subscribed to the channel and hit the bell so you don't miss when we drop the call up, which is now going to be every Wednesday morning. And if you guys are listening to the podcast, make sure you guys are subscribed so you don't miss when we drop that every Wednesday morning on the podcast feed. So appreciate you guys for tuning in. For Nick, for Mike, I'm D-Many. We'll catch you guys next time.